Hello everyone, welcome back to Darkness and Daisies. I'm Jerry. And I'm Erin. And we are back after a little holiday break. Uh, we hope that your holidays were good and festive. Not too cold, even though, you know, over here in America we're getting hit with a lot of wintry weather. So today we're going to talk about a case that has really dominated the headlines for the past few weeks. Uh, this is, of course, the tragic and horrible murder of four University of Idaho students in Moscow, Idaho. Uh, Aaron, uh, what have you been hearing about this case pretty much just in the news and stuff? Really, the only thing that I've heard is that um, it was a, I want to say kid, but college guy mm -hmm. that um, like killed these ladies. And I guess the big thing about it is that he has like a criminal justice degree or is going to school for criminal law or something like that Crim uh, cr uh, criminology is yeah, that how you say it? yeah this is uh what we know this case has really started it, it's very sad it's very horrific and basically what happened was that on november 12th of this year Two students, uh, two of the victims, and by the way, the names of uh, the four uh, people killed were uh, Ethan Chapin. Uh, for, uh, he was 20 years old. He's from Conway, uh, Washington. Madison Morgan from Idaho. She was 21. Uh, Exana Kernolo, I hope I'm saying that right, uh, age 20 from Arizona. And Kylie uh, Con. Conclaves from mm -hmm. Idaho. Goncalves. Goncalves, sorry. Thank <laughs> you. Um, uh, the three women were uh, in that house where they were found. Uh, the gentleman was actually, I believe it was Oxana's uh, boyfriend, and that's why he was there too. So this whole thing started on November 12th. Conclave, Goncalves, I cannot say this word. Goncaves? Is that how you say your last name? Well, given that my pronunciation could be anything and it could be wrong, I said Goncalves. Goncalves and Morgan were at a local bar and then a food truck in downtown Moscow, Idaho, arriving home at 1.45 a.m. Kernodal and Chaplin arrived home from a frat party at around the same time. Uh, there were also what I didn't even realize until I started looking into this case was there were some other roommates here in this house and they came home at around 1 a.m. and they are not going to die when this all happens. Okay. So the next day a 911 call was made just before noon and they said um, that hey we've got some unresponsive people here and while it has not been conclusively said who called in 911 it was made from one of the surviving roommates phone. When police got there, this was a horrific scene. Apparently, all four of the victims had been killed by stabbing. Uh, it was likely that they were all asleep during the attack and that they were stabbed multiple times. However, there were signs of, a defen of some defensive wounds. So apparently, at some point, one of... Uh, I don't know how many of these... Uh, Victims woke up, saw what was happening, and tried to defend themselves. Uh, there was, thankfully, no sign of sexual assault on any of the victims. So then what's the point? Why why do you do it? 
Uh, well, or, I mean, we or don't do know. they even really know? Well, the thing with this case was up until the arrest, the police in uh, Moscow, Idaho, had actually been criticized by the victim's family because they were not being transparent with what they know, what they didn't know. There was apparently on this video where you can see the two victims at the uh, food truck, there's apparently a male with a, a white hoodie. Mm-hmm. And apparently there was also uh, somebody who drove uh, the two girls home. And everybody was asking, but investigators weren't saying anything. Well, here's the thing. Their job is to investigate, not tell everybody all the details that they don't have. You're right. You know, like, I, I feel like that gets mixed up sometimes because I get it. They, the families and everyone wants answers. But sometimes you have to keep this all to yourself until you really know what was going on. Otherwise, it stirs up a lot of problems. Right. So I understand their anger, but that's not how it works. And unfortunately, you know, patience runs very thin in these types of situations. Right. So, you know, they just can't tell you everything. Yeah. And I mean, it is understandable. You can't just be saying, yeah, we got this and this, because here's the thing. Once you get a suspect into custody or somebody of a person of interest, you've got to have some cards to play. Exactly. Like if they say, well, you know, I didn't know anything about this time. And then they were like, well, we never released that. Exactly. And not only that, but they could be like, well, here's what we know or here's something we found. And then all of a sudden that has nothing to do with it because they're finding out otherwise. Like there's just certain things that just can't be put out there right away right um so what the police did was first of all they got to clear the two surviving roommates okay the people who are in the house which is understandable yeah of you course know. um it also is very interesting because you have basically this type of attack but you have two people in the same house who are not attacked or killed Right. So you got to clear them. They cleared the gentleman seen in the white hoodie. They cleared him. They okay. said, okay, it's not this guy. He just happened to be there. Yeah, he just happened to be around. And, I mean, you got to look at everybody, which is actually some really good police work. Now, it is crazy that uh, apparently some stories started flying about. There were talks like, oh, they were gagged or... You know, they were bound with, you know, zip ties and everything else. And then the police had to come out and say, no, that's not that's not what was going on. See, exactly. So this is how like this transparency issue. This is how things turn into a cluster. Yeah, because you've got the rumor mill started with all this. But if they turned around and said, oh, no, this is what actually happened or this, you know, whatnot, then they've given away some crucial pieces of evidence. Right. Um, I mean, sure, it's good to shut it down, but there's that fine line between giving too much information before you know the whole story. Right. So as all these theories are going around, uh, police also, as they're investigating the scene, they immediately can't find a motive. Right. Now, they say they can't rule out burglary, like a burglary gone wrong. Somebody came in there trying to get something. People wake up, bam, you know. Or it could be crime and passion. They didn't know why this had happened. I still don't know why it happened. Like, it doesn't no. doesn't make any sense to me, especially if they're pointing a finger at this one guy. Right. Um. So, as things kept going on, and investigation, investigation, trying to figure out, they zeroed in on a suspect. And that is one Brian 
uh, Koberger. Koberger. Now, why did we get this guy? Now, apparently he went to a college in Washington, which was about, tw- uh, I think they said 10 miles away from this, from from this University of Idaho. Okay. So why do we narrow in on him? Well, apparently the police had found that he owned a white Hyundai Elantra that was seen in the area of the killings during that time. Okay. They also found his DNA uh, through genetic material received at at the crime scene. And they've ruled him out as being a friend of them or something? Uh, well, the, the, the craziest thing is, is that... Right now, nobody knows the connection. It wasn't like this name gets brought up and roommates and everybody else are like saying, oh, of course, I saw this guy who's kind of hanging out. He used to party with us. Right. Now, apparently, this, these schools were friendly with each other and they kind of like partied together. Well, well, yeah. Plus, you said that they were at like some type of frat party or something. Right. And But uh, they were at a frat party. But again, we don't know where he was. Was he at this frat party? You know, what's going on? Um. Now, apparently, after the killings, um, Brian went across country to Pennsylvania where his family lives right before Christmas. Now, it's that's not like the quote-unquote smoking gun that some people have claimed it. It's like it's Christmas. He's going back to be with his family. Right. Of course. There's nothing weird there. Um, after he got arrested, it comes out, as you said, that this guy was a student of... Uh, crim- criminology. he would That's what he was studying for. Which started a debate again, which we haven't seen a lot, is that are these classes actually teaching criminals how to be better criminals? To which they, it, I thought this was kind of funny, is they asked a professor who teaches classes like this, and he kind of laughed and he said, he's like, well, it didn't make him a better one, he got caught. Well, exactly, and I mean, I'm not saying it's possible, but I'm not saying it's impossible. Right. But I could see how people could try and use it to their advantage. But I feel like with school in general, they only give you the overall. Right. You know, I don't feel like they're being like, oh, you know, in order to avoid this, do this. Like, it's not like that. Right. Um, Again, this is not an error. This is not a place where crime is rampant. This is not, you know... Um, the other thing that was interesting, which uh, which we have done here also on the show, and it really started with Philip DeFranco, was that when you know when you had these mass shooters and stuff, people shooting up schools or something like that, uh, Philip DeFranco said, I'm not showing you this guy's name. I'm not going to say what his name was. I'm right. not going to tell you if he left something. I'm not going to show that to you. And I like the fact that a lot of other major news outlets have started to follow suit on that. They're like, we're not going to show you who this is. We're not going to give this person any more fame. But this guy's picture is everywhere, and people are like, right. well, why are you showing him? And I think the reason for that is very simple. A spree killer has a message. There's something he wants to get across, or she wants to get across. There's you know, there's a motive. There's a thing. Serial killer has no thing to get out there. He just kills. Right. And if we find out that these are the only people that he's ever killed, I mean, does that consider him a a spree or a serial killer? I have no idea. I mean, I'm going to assume that, and again, he is actually getting extradited this week, and once that comes out and the uh, arrest warrant gets unsealed, we're going to learn a lot more. 
about like why did cop zero in on him what did they think was going on here with him uh but as of right now we don't really know uh in regards to the victims uh one of the saddest things is that uh kaylee and madison they actually grew up together and i mean they were friends as little kids and uh i i looked at their instagram you know prior to this horrific thing happening and you and you saw them from they were in their last semester of college mm-hmm. and they showed everything and you could see them as like maybe 11 years old together yeah basically growing pictures, up and it's just like that is absolutely horrific that's what i call best friends right there yeah it um it it is destroyed the community in regards to brian's family they have said which i actually think this was one of the one of the best responses because they say we love our son we don't think he did this the defense attorney has also come out he said we are not fighting extradition we're going to go we're going to go back to idaho and we're, we look forward to clearing uh my client's name because he did not do this but what the family said was you know we're going to love we're going to support him but they said but you know what this pain is nothing compared to the victim's family right and our love and support are to them and i was like that is the way to do it especially not with the whole thing with gabby you know the youtube influencer and the family dynamics there oh yeah where they were like, we're not going to help and blah, 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 blah. I was like, this is not a thing. If you believe in your heart of hearts that this guy's innocent, and remember, no trial has been convened. We're not going to convict this guy on, you know, the court of public opinion. But they said, hey, we believe he didn't do this. Right. And, but but you know what? That's That pain and that discomfort is nothing compared to these victims' families and what they're going through. Um, I don't know if he does is found guilty. Will they accept it, the family? I mean, because that changes everything. But I feel like they have a pretty level head about the situation. Yeah. It's one of those like, yeah, you can love your your son mm-hmm. and still, you know, feel bad for the families and still admit that if you know if he's guilty, right. that he did something wrong and it's unforgivable. You know, like I I think what they're bringing out is that you can feel all of these different things even in the middle of a really bad situation exactly and why i think this case might be a little bit more solid is because because of how not connected this guy is to these people it's not like hey they he used to date one of them or hey they used to party all the time to be like this guy has zero connection to these people and the police were like, no, it's him. Yeah, I feel like, you know, in order to... You better have some real good evidence. Well, exactly. In order to push for extradi- extradition, um, you know, there's something going on here that we're, we're just not aware of. Right. And, and as they it, wouldn't push for that if they didn't have something. And right. as And as we said, once the thing gets unsealed and a lot more things come out, we're probably, we'll do another update like we did with a few cases a few weeks ago. Because uh, this is, as I said, I remember when this first came out in November about these students being found. And it was like, this is horrific. And I mean, honestly, the fact that, you know, this was a this was a college house with all, you know, all these girls here. Because Ethan, I don't think, lived there, the boyfriend of uh, Kurt Noodle's uh, victim. 
I don't think he lived there. I think he just, you know, came over to stay with his girlfriend. But the you my mind you want to know where my mind immediately went to when Ted Bundy attacked that sorority in Florida, where he went in there, scouted it out, and then he went in there and started killing. Maybe, but I mean that was I the guess, first thing that just came to mind. I guess the biggest question is, it was he killing them just to kill them, or was there a reason? Like, I mean, it's not okay either way, but. Well, like, you know, if it's a burglary, I can see how things went sideways, you know, but I don't feel like he necessarily targeted these people either. But well, it I could, just, I don't know. It could be as simple as, I mean, if it's this guy, then maybe he just had that desire to kill. Maybe. And I mean, obviously with history of, you know, horrible things like this, some people just do that. Right. And I mean, maybe he looked at it and be like, hey. Uh, there should be about, you know, with the other two victims who weren't killed, which again, if it's not burglary or something like that, or there's no connection or anything, why leave the other two there? Well, uh, unharmed, and, untouched. Well, I was kind of wondering too, like these two roommates that were fine, were they also there when this happened? Oh yeah. Or... They were in the house when it happened. They were asleep. So, I mean... I mean, to have, like, defensive wounds and stab people, I'm guessing there's going to be noise. I mean, if you're out partying, maybe you're sleeping hard yeah. or whatever. But I I do find it a little hard to believe that they wouldn't have woken up in the middle of all this. Because you're, you're thinking, like, what, three victims? Four victims. Four victims and one killer. You know, that's, that's going to be a lot of noise. Well, and also it could also be the fact that maybe he was targeting one of them. Maybe. Like, I could see this because now that we know that two of these people were like lifelong friends, so they're probably sleeping in the same room, okay? So we got those there. Maybe he's there for one of them. Kills them and maybe, you know, and as you said, the screaming and stuff, maybe you're partying, maybe you're drunk, maybe you don't hear nothing. I mean, the other two roommates, maybe they had, like, headphones on or something. Noise canceling. Yeah, you know? I mean, there's all kinds of situations. I just but, have a feeling that with the noise of everyone being, like, startled and then maybe, let's say, falling to the floor, like a thump or something. Well, I and, just feel like they would have hurt something. Well, and it, so, like I said, like, so he goes for one of them. He goes for one of the friends. Kills her. Other friend wakes up. Well, now I got to deal with her, you know? kill them he's maybe trying to get out the thing and maybe he's loud and maybe boyfriend and other girl hear him and then bam i gotta take care of these guys you know it was one of those things where it's almost like it just escalated escalates but and then and see and the crazy thing is this if this which kind of actually might explain why the two other victims weren't attacked me because if he was focused on one of these people and that, he, and then he just had to kill the other three because of things. He might not have even known those other two people were there. Right. So, and maybe they didn't wake up. Maybe that saved their life. You know. <laughs> yeah. No. But, no. I, mean, I have some feelings about that. I know. It's just it's insanity. And as I said, if they didn't wake up, and as I said, maybe noise canceling. Maybe you're too drunk. You're a heavy sleeper. Whatever. But they should not be guilted. Or judged by people. I agree. Because it's like, well, why didn't you save, you know, why didn't you save your friends, your roommates? And it's like, this guy killed four people and apparently did it in a manner that was so quick that nobody could scream or get out. Right. 
So yeah, it, there I mean, is who no. Who are you? Why do why do I suddenly have to be the hero? Now again, this changes in like a family dynamic. If it's like a loved one, a partner, a kid is getting attacked, then it's like throw caution to the wind and go for it. But you know, if it just didn't happen, I hope that these two roommates do not have survivor's guilt. That's what I was thinking. Like I don't want these people. Like if they've been cleared and all that, they're already traumatized oh yes but there's no need for the media and everybody outside of this case to put any pressure on them to feel guilty because survivor's guilt can lead to a lot of very dark things yes and that's not fair to them because we don't know we being like everyone outside of this case we don't know what it was like we weren't there you know and it's not their fault right and if something if these people get traumatized, then guess what? They're just as much victims as anybody else. Exactly. So, but again, so we'll be looking, uh, we'll be following this case as uh, things start coming up, as things start coming to light, we'll start taking a peek at it and then we'll update you guys as we find out more. Because again, we're in a very early stage right now. Yes, somebody has been arrested, but we don't know what's going on there. True. So. Um, so this, uh, quick, this is just a quick one because I know that, uh, you followed, you followed this case. Uh, do you remember, uh, the poor young boy, uh, Gannon? Yeah. Well, his, um. Stepmother? If you could even call her that. Look, um, she's just, she's a lot of things that I can't say publicly. Yeah. She has, uh, sued the jail where she's currently being held. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. I hope she loses. She's claiming that her religious freedom amendment has been violated. Sorry, but uh, I don't give a flying you-know-what. Yeah. She claimed that uh, the cafeteria is not providing kosher meals. Oh, for the love of God. And also that she apparently banged her head and it took two months for her to receive medical treatment. Look, okay, anybody who is familiar with this case knows that she is so dramatic and she will do whatever it takes to get out of whatever it is. She's wanting special treatment. She's not that special. End of story. Exactly. Like, I I do not like this woman. Yeah. And there's just no way around that. Um, if any of y'all saw her on the news when she had murdered her child, or stepson, I should say, mm-hmm. she was literally like, stop saying that I'm the one who did it. Eh. Mm-hmm. And they were just like everyone was just like well then stop getting on the media and news to try and get attention like you're being whiny and all she did was point to herself right which like, is i have no sympathy for this woman i don't care about your religious rights at this point you are in prison you have no rights well but i mean religion's uh, like a whole separate thing well no let but i will say this there are plenty of fr- frivolous lawsuits that prisoners put up well, just, of course. To, just to screw the system. However, I do not believe that prisoners should have zero rights. because Right, and I do agree with that, but I look at it this way. To sue over religious stuff, like, if you haven't gone through the proper channels, yeah, then you need to find a way to do it yourself. Like, okay, so have a meal that's that you chose like eat something different from what you were given to make it work right but they don't have to cater to you 
now abuse or harm or, or whatever. Or not getting medical care. That's a, or that's medical a complete, care. That's a completely different ballgame. Yeah, that's a whole different thing, and there has to be an investigation into it. They'll have to figure that one out. Right. But we all know that she is attention-seeking, mm-hmm. and when it came down to being caught, she hid behind everybody else. Right. Um, they've asked uh, a law professor about her claims uh the first one the meal thing she said uh well he said that she doesn't really have a leg to stand on because they they have to make um what it was the word they have to make uh reasonable accommodations correct but they can't can't do everything because then people would just start doing it now again the medical thing he says like you said needs an examination needs to find out what's going because if she did require medical attention and took two months that is an that is inexcusable exactly yeah completely agree with that and i understand what he's saying about the whole food situation yeah because if you think about it they're providing meals for many people right you know they have to think about a lot of things right um and that would be very challenging. This is not a five-star hotel or a cruise liner. Right. Okay? You know, like... My, my thought on that is, to the point is, because first of all, when I heard that, I was like, did I miss something where she turned out to be Jewish or required well, kosher meals? And I didn't know that either, because I feel like we would have heard something about this before. Like, oh, you know, she observes this. Right. Whatever. And maybe this has gotten in the way of a trial, investigation. Right. Um... Or some other thing prior to this incident. Yeah. I haven't heard anything. Like, yeah. And, of course, you don't have to share that. But this is a first. Um, but I do recognize that some people who are put into prison sometimes do find religion. It, that's cool. And if that's what... And if, as I said, if your religion, such as the Jewish religion, that says, you know, you can't eat certain... You can't eat shellfish, mm-hmm. you can't eat this, then I'm perfectly fine with that. Because if that is what is helping you that when you do get out, or if you're not going to get out, but that helps you find peace and resolve that stuff, then I'm totally for that. Yeah. 100%. But this idea about no kosher meals, and I was, and if it turns out like, yeah, she never told us that she wanted that. And she's just like, well, they weren't doing it. Okay, that's a whole different ballgame. Plus, I found out that apparently since she's been there, she's, she's put in a few kind of lawsuits like this yeah so but i don't know again the medical one that needs to be examined but the other thing is just like if you didn't go ask it's just like hey we have these meals but if you didn't ask for these meals we're not a mind readers we can't just figure out oh that's what you wanted exactly and and, you know like you said about the whole like it's not like you have a lot to do so religion tends to be something that comes up uh, more for like inner mental peace, right? Or coming um, to terms with what you did and um, that as well. Um, I I call it more of like a recovery. Yes. Um. Yeah. I'm I'm all about that. Uh. But to jump from let's say maybe this is a new thing for her, to jump from like, hey, I'm trying to better myself. I made this request, whatever. Yeah. To forget it. I'm suing you. Yeah, I'm sorry, different. I got some feelings about that. And that one of them is that you're not going to be hostile over something like this. You exactly. would be more accepting given your newfound thing. Right. So, I mean, I don't think we'll do an update on that story, but that's just what's going Yeah, sorry. That one gets me fired up every time. Um, uh, for a last thing, I, I saw a list because, again, of course, it is New Year. 2023 i saw a list of top 12 horror movies that are coming out this year of course we're going to finally get 
to look at uh, Winnie the Pooh, oh, Blood geez. and Honey. I was really hoping it'd be scrapped or it was fake. No, 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 no. I, I just can't with Although this I one, did man. Hear, uh, you know that Grinch horror movie? Yeah. Apparently that came out and people were like, this is kind of stupid, actually. It's not even like a funny little parody. I don't think it's, it's supposed like, to be funny. Well, no, they they it was. they It's oh. literally a horror satire oh. where it's just like, oh, they're making funny. It's like apparently whenever they try to say the Grinch, something cuts them off. Like, wow. so they can't say it. But they said actually it wasn't really done. So they're, some people were like, well, Winnie the Pooh, I thought was going to be like, oh, this is going to be kind of weird and surreal. But now everybody's kind of like, I hope it's something now. It uh, comes off like a really weird version of Five Nights at Freddy's. Like it's, I don't, well, the weirdest thing I just is, don't is have that, good feelings about it, but. You know what people did like that came out a few years ago? That banana splits movie where it was actually a horror movie and they were, the banana splits were going around killing people. Everybody was like, this is actually pretty damn funny. Because they thought they they got the joke, like right. it's like oh these beloved seventies mascots are okay. killing people. So here's a random question: mm-hmm. Would you consider was a Sausage Party two to be more of a horror movie, given what you know about the first one? I don't know. I because I mean I don't know if it's just a cringe, or if at this point I should just be horrified. I don't. I mean, but know. it's also really funny. Like you have to have a very specific type of humor for that. I don't know. If Sausage Party 2 is going to be anything. Um, so I saw some of this list. Of course, we are uh, getting a new Evil Dead movie this year. But why? Uh, actually, it's completely... It's just continuing the story. It does not take place at the cabin. It Ash and Mina from the, the recent reboot of Evil Dead are not in it. Hmm. And it's actually just the Deadites, and it's in Los Angeles in an apartment complex, which is a very scary idea. That's where it's like yeah. you can't get out, and like the deadites are like just climbing floors basically Ew. to get to you. Uh, we're actually going to get a horror movie from Darren. I'm not even going to try to say his last name. <laughs> the guy who did uh, Black Swan, the wrestler, the whale oh, okay. this year, and he is finally reteaming with Jared Leto from Requiem for a Dream. Uh huh. And they're doing a horror movie, and it's something to do with like. This guy is going to be executed, but apparently there he's like really rich, and there's this society that's like, oh, we can create a clone for you, and that will get executed. But it's like wow. this weird and all sorts of stuff. I would love to see these two doing a horror movie I, because yeah, I agree because Requiem for a Dream is the one of the scariest non horror movies of all time. That movie is the biggest anti drug movie. I was like, when people were like, oh, let's get McGruff the crime dog or say no to drugs. I was like, you know what you need to do with these kids? Sit them down and have them watch Requiem for a Dream. You'll you'll never think of touching drugs after that. Because it is so horrific and real. Mm-hmm. That is strange. But the thing, the first movie that actually really caught my attention was called The Last Voyage of the Demeter. Hmm. Okay. And the basic plot is, is that there's this ship, we're talking like late 1800s, that is traveling and there's something on the ship that starts picking people off. Like I had this like sudden red dwarf type. Oh, I know, right? Image. Now, to most people, I mean, that sounds like a pretty scary movie. Like just you're, again, you're trapped somewhere, you're isolated and something's picking you off. But to people in the know, when I said that ship's name... Right. Their their ears immediately perk up because that ship was mentioned in one chapter 
of Bram Stoker's Dracula. Really? This is the ship that Dracula takes from Romania over to London. And that's how he does it. Okay, so because it's me, of course, is this a real ship? No, it was not like a real from, ship. from history? No. This is taken from one chapter of Bram Stoker's Dracula called, which people have called the Captain's Log chapter. Mm -hmm. Because as we know, Dracula is literally just diary entries, newspaper clippings, and everything else. And it's just the Captain's Log. It's like, hey, yeah, we set off from Romania. We've got all these boxes. The... The, my crew thinks there's dirt in it, which it is because it's Dracula's dirt. And he said, and then there's this weird thing. It's just before they're about to leave Transylvania and start heading over to London. They said, uh, well, I think I need a ration like the alcohol because some of my crew said they saw a wolf jump onto the ship. And now I'm back to day after tomorrow. Right. So <laughs> now, but it's Dracula and he's on the ship and he's just taking everybody out. The Demeter crashes into london harbor and everybody's Ooh. dead and the captain Yikes. is lashed to the wheel because as everybody starts getting picked off it's one of the scariest chapters of the book because he's just like you know sailor smith went missing nobody saw him go overboard and where is he my crew is starting to think this ship is cursed it definitely sounds like a ghost ship. And he, but he gets this like determination, and it's not really clear. Is Dracula kind of like influencing him? Like, I got to deliver this cargo. So he lashes himself to the wheel. Wow. And they find him dead. Um, Dracula in this movie is going to be played by a Spanish actor who you've seen as the Crooked Man in The Conjuring 2. Oh, great. The Leper in It. The one who's like that. Really? Who actually suffers from a disease that actually makes his fingers longer and his body like oh. very thin. And so the guy has worked as a horror Interesting. actor. So, but he plays Dracula. So I am very interested in this because if you've listened, you know how we feel about Dracula here. But it's just like, yeah, just Dracula just taking people out. Yeah. And it's like, you can't run. You can't get away from him. So I found this interesting, total non sequitur, but it is about Dracula. Or, well, let me say Bram Stoker mm -hmm. specifically. Uh, Jerry and I discovered a podcast, I think, or show. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't know. About a mortician. Is that what she does? Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. Ask a mortician. <laughs> yeah. So that was really cool. Didn't know how I was going to feel about that. However, me being me, I got too interested and couldn't sleep, so I kept watching. And she does a whole episode about Dracula. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she's... She's funny in, like, a corny way. Like, there's a whole thing. But um, she goes over the history of Bram Stoker, you mm -hmm. know, throws up some pictures of him and goes through his whole life story and how Dracula came to be. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was some of the facts that she threw in there were actually really interesting how his ideas came from certain things and the history behind it. Mm -hmm. Like, highly recommend that episode. <laughs> and... That's not the only Dracula movie we're getting this year. But why? Well, we're not getting Dracula. We're getting, name of the movie, Renfield. Now, if you know, Renfield is Dracula's uh, bug-eating, uh, basically, ghoul. The guy who kind of serves him. Gross. Well, in this version, it's kind of modern day. Renfield, who is played by Nicholas Holt, who is, of course, Beast in the X-Men prequel trilogy. Nice. And, of course, in Mad Max Fury Road, oh, what a day, what a lovely day. Seriously. As Renfield, and he's getting kind of tired of working for Dracula. This is more of a comedy horror. 
Okay. And he also, because they go to New Orleans, he falls in love with this police officer who is played by Aquafina, of course, from Shang-Chi and the Legend cool. of the Seven Rings. Here's the thing. Take a guess who is playing Dracula in this. I have no idea. Nicholas Cage. Oh, man. I don't know why I had a feeling you were going to go with that. I've said this before, and I'll say it again really quick. You give me an interesting choice, and that gets me in the theater. I want to see Nicolas Cage as Dracula. What is he going to yeah. bring to this? I'm just really concerned for, like, what uh, was it, Morpheus? That, uh, uh, that was, uh, like, uh, the Mor last, Mor or Mor Mor whatever, Morpheus. Yeah, Morbin time. <laughs> Something like that. That one. Never saw it. Heard it was absolute garbage, and usually I don't judge. Mm -hmm. But apparently it was that bad that I didn't go see it. Well, and I'm afraid we're going to have like a repeat of some type well, of situation like this because it seems like the past few uh, releases of anything Dracula-like have been failing. Well, that's why I said I like this version where it's not like, let's not like with the last voyage of the Demeter. It's not like, let's not just tell the Dracula story again. Let's focus in on one part of it. Right. And let's really examine this. And then for this, where it's more comedy, and I've seen some screenshots because people have shown what Nicolas Cage looks like as Dracula. Chef's kiss. I am he is interested going, to see he this. He's going more into like the Bella Lugosi uh, Dracula. Oh, boy. And I'm just like, here's the thing. Nick Cage has been killing it the last few years, even in these B, B minus movies <laughs> where it's just like, and he's just giving it his all. You know what? And just give just, me Keanu Reeves for everything. Uh, oh my God! If Keanu Reeves was there now, then I'd think of Bram Stoker's Dracula. Well, the I'm, worst I'm, English accent of all time. With him, I'm <laughs> getting like that whole like John Wick look. Yeah. Oh. Or he, maybe even like a Loki vibe. Um, but no, it should be funny. And as I said, it's a comedy. It's not trying to take this seriously. It's just like, okay, let's just have a little fun, you know? Right. So, yeah, I'm very excited. Uh, the Last Voyage of the Demeter comes out in August. I don't remember when Runfield's coming out. Man, we're looking forward to a lot of... Oh, yeah, there's a ton of good stuff coming out. Well, yeah, but I mean, just beyond, like, the horror genre, yeah. we're looking forward to a lot of banging movies in 23. Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, yeah, I'm that one. I'm very big on that. So, yeah, so, yeah, that's just very interesting. We're getting two Dra Dracula-related properties coming out here or in the same year. Well, I think we can put this body in the ground. What do you think? I'd say it's time to push up some daisies. So thank you so much for listening. My name is Jerry. And I'm Aaron. And come back next week and we'll see what else we can dig up.